This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including eBooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, and welcome back to New Books Network. This is New Books in Christian Studies, and I'm your host, Zach McCulley. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Drs. Andreas Kostenberger and Dr. Gregory Goswell. Uh, Dr. Kostenberger is the theologian-in-residence at Fellowship Raleigh. He's the co-founder of Biblical Foundations, and he's been a really prolific writer of many books in biblical studies, the New Testament, and, and theology. As is Dr. Goswell, who has written a number of books and articles in biblical studies and in Old Testament literature. Uh, he currently serves as a lecturer in Old Testament, and he's the academic dean at Christ, Christ College, Sydney. Um, today, we're going to discuss a new book that they've written. It was just published with Crossway this year. It's called Biblical Theology, a Canonical, Thematic, and Ethical Approach. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining me today. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah, well, we're, we're all looking forward to hearing more about the new book. Uh, it looks great. Uh, but before we get to that, maybe you both could share a little bit more about yourselves, your background, that sort of thing, in case any of our listeners are maybe less familiar. Um, maybe we could start with uh, Dr. Goswell. No, thank you for that, Zach. Um, yes, I've been hiding away here in Australia. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's great to uh, join you. Uh, in this interview. Uh, I've done a number of things in the past, of course. I was a missionary. I was a pastor of both a rural church and a city church for some 20 years. Uh, I'm now involved in training future generations of men and women in a range of ministries. Uh, I'm an ordained minister of the Presbyterian Church of Australia. I'm married to Mignon. We have four adult children and uh, three grandchildren. I suppose I spent my life uh, studying and teaching the Bible, and and so much of that now has been poured into this biblical theology, and that's how we come to this point today. Very good. Dr. Kostenberg, how about you? Yes, uh, thanks so much for doing this interview, Zach. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, in terms of my background, I'm, I'm a native Austrian. Um, from Vienna, Austria, I grew up nominal Roman Catholic, and I, I trusted Christ uh, toward the end of my time in college at age 23. Fairly radical conversion. I, um, I came to the United States in my late 20s uh, to study New Testament, first at Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina, and then uh, at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School uh, in Chicago, where I studied under D. Carson, wrote my doctoral dissertation on the mission theme 
in the Gospel of John. Uh, I've taught the New Testament at various uh, schools in the past 30 years. And as you mentioned, I, I currently serve as theologian residence at Fellowship Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, my wife, Marnie, and I have uh, also four grown children, uh, two girls and two boys. But uh, we only have one grandchild up to this point. So just uh, slightly behind Greg on this count. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up before it's long. Very good. Well, thank you both for that. Um, well, now turning to the book, we have this new volume, Biblical Theology. And I have two questions just to start, and, and maybe you each can take one of them. Uh, these are some of the things you tackle at, at the forefront of the volume. Um, the first is just very broadly, what is biblical theology? What do we mean by the term? And then secondly, why did you guys decide to, to write this biblical theology? Um, what's the story behind the book? So maybe Dr. Goswell, you can take the first one, and Dr. Kostenberger, you could take the second. No, I'm happy to do that, um, though Andreas particularly wrote this part of the book, but he was writing on behalf of both of us. We're both passionate about biblical theology. Uh, biblical theology is the theology of the Bible writers themselves. Uh, what does what do the prophets say about God? What, what does John say about God, his character, his ways, his will? So biblical theology um, is an exercise where we try to put our own presuppositions aside, at least to some extent, as much as we can, and really look at what each of the inspired authors is saying about God. Um, and that then uh, needs to be brought together because each of the authors are contributing to an overall theology of the Bible, which we believe is connected, uh, richly varied, uh, but also uh, compatible. Uh, it differs from exegesis in, in that it's building on exegesis, and, and uh, uh, we believe our biblical theology has a strong exegetical base. Uh, we look closely at key Bible passages, but in doing biblical theology, there's the extra essential element of synthesis. We bring all this together, and so we show that there's also a, a, an overall theology of the Bible, a theology of each of the Testaments, but then, uh, again, bringing the Testaments together, uh, uh, a, a comprehensive theology uh, describing God, his ways, and his will. Yeah, very good. Um, and Dr. Kostenberger, um, can you speak a little bit about about why you decided to write this one? Absolutely. You know, every every book has kind of a story behind it, doesn't it, Greg? And, uh, you know, I, I would think many biblical scholars at one time or another, um, you know, dream of, of writing a biblical theology, a, a whole Bible theology one day as a sort of capstone work at the culmination of their teaching and writing career. Um, but, you know, not always do those dreams come true. I wasn't sure if, if in my case that dream would come true because I knew it could only happen if but were to find a compatible and congenial Old Testament co-author. Uh, now, uh, Greg and I actually never met in person, but uh, I got acquainted with his work while serving as editor of the uh, Journal of Evangelical Theological Society, uh, JETS, and, uh, where I published several of his articles. And I was very impressed with his scholarship and uh, 
sent him an exploratory email to see if he was potentially interested uh, to collaborate uh, on a biblical theology and, uh, you know, in order to explore whether we were sufficiently compatible theologically. Uh, and after a few email interchanges, we decided to go for it. We, we crafted a proposal and sent it off to the publisher, to Crossway, and, and thankfully they, they accepted it enthusiastically. And um, so we went to work. Very good. Well, you know, my next question is, is I'll address it to, to Dr. Goswell here. What can you say of the subtitle of this book, Canonical, Thematic, Ethical? Why these words? Yes, I've got to admit it's a, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? And uh, each of those three terms has been carefully chosen, thought about, and, and, and each of these words is is highly significant for how we wrote our biblical theology. So let, let me just say a little bit about each of them. Uh, by canonical, we mean that we, we seek to take account of how the Bible is structured. Uh, into Old Testament and New Testament, that's obvious enough, but also the way in which the individual books are placed in order. Uh, what, the, what are their canonical neighbors, so to speak? One book next to another book. Uh, and also uh, noting how books are, are placed in particular groupings, uh, like the five books that make up the Pentateuch, or, or we've got the general epistles, uh, we see this as having an important influence on interpretation, often a helpful guide to interpretation. And, and most biblical theologies have not really taken much or any account of biblical book order as a helpful guide as we seek to understand biblical theology. So that's canonical. Uh, by thematic, we mean that we seek to uncover and trace the main themes of the Bible. And we take a multi-theme approach. Uh, we're not wanting to lean too heavily on any one Bible theme, but to allow the various themes of the Bible each to take their proper place in the overall teaching of the Bible. And that also sets our book apart from uh, some others. And finally, ethical uh, refers to the fact that we examine the, the moral guidance provided by each of the Bible books, believing that ethics is part of theology, which it is. And our biblical theology is not only concerned about God's character and ways, but but what are the implications of these uh, for how we live? And yes, so that that subtitle is a very helpful guide as to the some of the main features of our attempt to faithfully describe the period theology of the Bible. Customer, we hear there's some about how how this volume is is different in some ways perhaps from other biblical theologies. Would you care to elaborate on that some and maybe maybe also on how how your volume has been influenced by other uh, biblical biblical theologies? Maybe it's kind of a mix of both, I assume. Yeah, that's a great question, Zach. Thank you so much for that. And uh, again, I can build on, on some of the very helpful comments that Greg already made on, on, on the previous question. But, you know, uh, there are actually only very few evangelical biblical theologies on the market, um, conservative ones with a high view of scripture. Uh, I can only really think of, you know, four or five, uh, you know, some of them more recent than others, like uh, Greg Beale, uh, Tom Schreiner, Craig Blomberg, uh, Ben Witherington, 
and uh, the older one by Frank Seelman. Now, uh, I think what makes our biblical theology distinctive is several things. One, it's methodological clarity and rigor. We almost uh, uh, we have almost hundred pages of introduction where we carefully define biblical theology and lay out our method. Uh, second distinctive would be our focus on ethics. Uh, Greg already touched on that briefly because it's one of the three, uh, you know, uh, adjectives in a subtitle. But uh, uh, in, in many ways, our, our book is, is kind of three in one because it has an entire biblical ethic embedded in it. Now, we discuss the ethical teaching of each of the 66 books of Scripture. And so that's really, uh, it required a lot of discipline. Uh, an industry, but I think in the end it's worth it all because uh, in the end, uh, the Bible is not just given for, uh, you know, information or to, to increase our Bible knowledge. It's, it's given uh, uh, to show us how to live. And, and so I think especially pastors and, and teachers and, and really any serious student of Scripture will particularly appreciate the focus on ethics, which makes our volume very practical uh, and relevant, I think. And and finally, uh, I think a third distinctive would be our comprehensiveness. You know, um, we're not just looking at broader themes or at the storyline of Scripture. We start out uh, looking carefully at each book of Scripture in its own right, because we believe that uh, there's a reason why God has given us those 66 books and so we want to make sure that we are whole Bible Christians. We we listen to the voice of each and every one of those uh, biblical authors. Um, finally, uh, you know, we wrote our book not merely for the academy, but in some ways primarily for people in the churches, because we believe biblical theology is for everyone. It's not just for some sort of a spiritual elite. Uh, yes, we wrote it for pastors, for teachers but really for any serious students of the Bible. So we hope that anyone who's listening, uh, who's interested in biblical theology, uh, will pick up the book and not even be deterred by its length. Of course, any book that covers uh, you know, the entire Bible uh, as thoroughly as we do uh, you know, will be longer, but uh, the, it can be a very helpful resource. We have a very detailed uh, table of contents, indices, and so forth. So if anybody just wants to find out what the teaching, uh, you know, the major themes, the ethics, the place in the storyline of Scripture of any given book in Scripture is, whether it's Old or New Testament, they can quickly locate it, and we think it'll be a very helpful resource for all serious students of Scripture. That's terrific. Well, you know, you, you both sort of hit on how biblical, biblical theology, it's ultimately a theology of the biblical authors, and you're paying careful attention to the individual books. Um, but I also want to ask, what are some of the broader themes that you've noticed that stretch across the Old Testament? And then what are some themes that you found when you look across the New Testament books? Um, maybe we could start with Dr. Goswell on the Old Testament and then uh, Kostenberger on, on the New Testament, if, that, if that's okay. Yeah, it does make sense, isn't it? Old Testament than New Testament. So, um, yeah, our thematic approach, yes, and the that that the contribution of theme to understanding biblical theology. We do believe this is very important. So we we do talk about how you actually identify themes and, and what a theme is. 
uh, a, th- a theme's a central idea or topic explored in a book. Um, if you discover the themes of the book, you really are coming towards the organizing center of an author's thinking. Our theme really does alert us to what's important to an author and, and what that author wants to say uh, on that topic. And so looking at the Old Testament, we uh, have looked at many themes, but uh, some of the major ones which we continued to go back to as we studied our way through the books of the Old Testament, themes such as creation, uh, covenant, God's kingship, uh, the coming Messiah, sanctuary and temple themes, uh, God's spirit, uh, Israel and the, the nations, because the Old Testament is not just a history of Israel, but I think it was F.F. Bruce, Israel and the nations, yes. Um, God's focus on the world. Uh, prophecy, uh, the kindness of God, the love of God. Uh, now, each, each of those themes is important, uh, but no one theme can say everything that needs to be said. And so, as I said, we have this multi-theme approach. Um, and also the themes that we've identified are by no means unconnected from each other. They interact, they, they intertwine, they enrich each other uh, so, so that uh, addressing themes, uh, we're really beginning to discern the, the pattern and design of the very fabric of the Bible. Yes, so then my discussion of New Testament themes in the final chapter is based on inductive work in all 27 books of the New Testament in chapters 8 through 12 of our volume. And of course, the same is true for uh, Greg as well. He first very patiently looked at each and every one of the 39 books in the Old Testament, including the 12 minor prophets and, you know, all the rest. Uh, and, And so what he talked about was essentially his grand synthesis in our concluding uh, chapter 13. So uh, that's important because, you know, we and I don't come to the our given testament, in my case, the New Testament, already with a list of themes, you know, made up. I mean, that would be systematic theology, but we first study each and every book with an open mind as to what a given New Testament author says is important to him. And only then we compile a cumulative list of themes that are found in in many, you know, or even most New Testament books. Um, so, in my case, uh, and you'll see quite a bit of overlap. We we uh, first did uh, individual themes in the Old New Testament separately, but then of course there's going to be some continuity as well as some, you know, uh, additional themes. Uh, that are more prominent in the New Testament than in the Old. Uh, so uh, I also I covered the love of God, uh, the person and work of Christ, uh, Jesus, the King and His kingdom, kingdom of God, uh, the New Covenant, New Exodus, and New Creation that, of course, have correspondent, uh, you know, uh, theological themes in the Old Testament, the cross, uh, the Holy Spirit, the Gospel, the Church, remembrance, mission, and the last days. So, uh, again, you see how it's impossible for any one theme to carry the weight of of all of those themes. And I guess you'll find some of the usual suspects, but uh, perhaps also a couple surprises. And I think that's the beautiful thing about biblical theology, that 
it can serve as a sort of corrective to our theological systems and and presuppositions. Now, let me also say that our openness to multiple interrelated uh, important themes in Scripture is one of the hallmarks, I think, of our biblical theology. In other words, we don't allow any one theme, as Greg already touched on, to dominate the entire landscape of biblical theology. And when you think about it, we don't have to choose between covenant or kingdom of God or Messiah or creation and new creation. All of these, you know, and others are clearly important themes that uh, pervade the entire Bible. Uh, having said that, I, I think we, we could mention, Greg, that we do talk about the love of God for the world and uh, God's desire that we reciprocate his love as, as, as sort of being at, at the heart of the biblical narrative. Uh, but that's more in terms of the narrative logic of the, uh, of the, the, the story of Scripture, not you know, in such a way that it, it heavy-handedly becomes the single center of Scripture. Uh, we, we rather think of the canon of Scripture more like a family discussion around the dinner table where everyone is welcomed and, and has a voice, even the authors of shorter Bible books like Obadiah or, or Jude. Great. That, that, that really explains it well. I appreciate both of your answers there. You know, I want to get to a question about order um, because this perhaps gets less treatment in, in some of the biblical theologies that, that you've mentioned. Uh, Dr. Goswell, could, could you talk for a minute about how you're recognizing the importance of the order of the Hebrew and the Greek text? Yes, no, thank you for that, Zach. Uh, yes, the uh, book order, again, yes, it's one of the distinctives uh, of, our, of our volume. Most biblical theologies barely touch on it, maybe don't speak about it at all. But when Bible books are, are placed in a certain order, we're already beginning to do Bible biblical theology because that really reflects um, the reactions of ancient readers to these Bible books, what book belongs with another book, uh, so to speak. And uh, when we're reading the, the, the Bible, the Old Testament, for example, in a certain order, whether we realize it or not, it affects how we uh, read and interpret uh, the Bible. In the case of the Old Testament, there's both a Hebrew ordering of the books um, into three sections, the Torah or Pentateuch. Then we've got uh, the prophetic books, which includes several of what we would think of historical books, Joshua through to Kings. Uh, and then the third part of the Hebrew canon uh, would be the writings, which uh, has a great variety of books and hence the kind of general name given to that section, writings. Lots of wisdom books, but also um, books such as Chronicles, where the writer is trying to draw lessons from the history that he is recounting. So, so the, that's the Hebrew arrangement, but there's also a an ancient Greek um, canon, ordering of the books, um, often called the Septuagint. Uh, that's an order of books we're more familiar with because it's very much shaped the Bibles we have. Um, and so we, again, begin with the Pentateuch. Uh, we're hardly likely to put the first five books of the Bible anywhere else. Uh, that's uh, the origin of the world, the origin of Israel, the covenant God makes with uh, the people of Israel. So that has to come uh, at the beginning. Then we have the historical books, which uh, go all the way through to Esther, the poetic books, largely wisdom in character, 
Uh, and uh, when we look at these groupings, we notice things such as the book of Psalms. It's, it's put between Job and Proverbs. That's suggesting uh, that this book of Psalms, yes, it's prayers, it's, it's hymns, it's praise. Uh, but uh, in a neighborhood like this, it, it, that is suggesting that this is going to, again, guide us about how to live wisely, how to respond to God wisely. And finally, we have the prophetic books, the major prophets, the minor prophets, each in their own way there, looking forward to the dawning kingdom of God. And of course, that's a great segue uh, to the New Testament, uh, in which God's kingdom draws near in the person of, of Jesus. So in our volume, we do spend um, quite a bit of time looking at book order, uh, where, where by no means... Um, suggesting that book order is inspired it, it, it's it's um, something which is produced by the reaction of ancient readers to the books of the bible but we do believe it uh, is often very helpful it's often very insightful uh, that's why we take account of both the hebrew and the greek way of organizing the old testament books uh, each in its way uh, provides many valuable insights and uh, we seek to uh, feed many of those insights into the biblical theology that, that we have written. Uh, maybe Andreas can say something about New Testament book order and how that has yeah, influenced that's, uh, what we've also, written. Also, uh, not as widely known, I would think, that uh, you know we kind of assume that there's only one uh, New Testament order of books. Uh, I think the Old Testament... Uh, you know, the Hebrew canon uh, being different from the, the, the Greek one that's maybe a little more widely known. But the, the, the fact is that even in the New Testament, there is uh, uh, our English order, which goes back to the Latin uh, translation, the Vulgate, um, uh, that it has the familiar uh, sequence of Gospels, Acts, uh, Pauline epistles, then the general epistles, and Revelation. Uh, so that's the one we're familiar with, but an alternative, even uh, more ancient uh, book order has the Pauline epistles actually follow uh, the general epistles rather than precede them, uh, which has the interesting effect that the the authors of, of the epistles in the New Testament are actually uh, grouped uh, or you know sequenced uh, just like they occur in the book of Acts, uh, James, Peter, um, John, and finally, Paul. And uh, I think you can see that it, 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 it makes a difference. If you read, say, James before Paul, especially the book of Romans, on you know the relationship be between faith and works, or the other way around, as we're more accustomed to. So uh, in the book, again, I, I keep a close eye on, on those two types of arrangements, and uh, just like Greg does for the Old Testament, I, I, I look at, you know, what difference does it make? I appreciate both of those answers. That, that's really helpful. Um, Dr. Kostenberg, if I could follow up with you, you know, there's, there's certainly always some academic utility to a, a, a well-researched, a sharply written volume. And, and this is certainly that. But this book also, is, it's very accessible. It has a very accessible presentation. Um, what are some of the benefits that... Uh, that a preacher, that uh, a Bible teacher, a pastor, um, a lay Christian can gain by familiarizing themselves with your book. What's what's the the devotional uh, 
their ministerial value in, in reading biblical theology. Yes, I think you've heard that Greg and I, of course, we're both academicians and scholars, but we also both uh, love the church. And uh, Greg was a pastor, and you know, I'm I'm a theologian in residence of the local church right now, and uh, so so we definitely want our volume to to appeal to a general audience uh, because you know, biblical theology is a great way to study scripture. You know, it looks at the big picture, at the contribution a given book makes to the canon, uh, looks at the distinctive themes of a given book and its unique ethical teachings. Uh, Biblical theology also uh, tries to draw connections among the biblical books uh, in the canon, especially between the Old and the New Testament. Um, so if you're listening, you're a pastor, you're a preacher, you're a Bible teacher, we highly recommend that you consider, uh, if you haven't already, adding biblical theology to your repertoire and your, your toolbox and that you incorporate it in your sermon preparation. Uh, you know, with, with apologies to, to Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, you've heard it said, engage in expository preaching, but... Uh, I say to you, engage in biblical theological preaching, because exposition only discusses a given text word for word and phrase by phrase, and as important as that is, biblical theological preaching shows how a given text or Bible book fits within the biblical storyline and uh, the message of the Bible as a whole. So, for example, if you preach on Galatians, make sure to go to Acts, where much of the background for the book is found. Uh, such as Paul's conversion story or the Jerusalem Council. And also make sure you go to Genesis and the uh, patriarchal narratives, which Paul cites extensively in, in chapters 3 and 4 of Galatians, especially the narratives featuring Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. In this way, the whole Bible will come to life, and you'll help your congregation see the parts in light of a whole. Uh, and they will come to appreciate the beautiful uh, tapestry of the Word of God. That's true. Yeah, please. If I could just add a couple of things from the, the people in the pew, so to speak, but Andreas, of course, has been addressing those needs. But uh, I'm not sure about you, your experience, but yes, people bring their Bibles to church, but um, more and more people are bringing their phone. Um, that's not wrong, of course, but but we're living in a time of sound bites and tweets and smartphones, and all those technologies run the danger of atomizing the Bible. On our phones, we can only see a, a little portion of any particular Bible passage. Um, really, uh, more and more today, uh, we have scriptural passages without context or connection with other Bible passages. Now, that's the importance of biblical theology. That's where the pastor and preacher can be so helpful in uh, helping their people see the connections that run through the Bible. And uh, that's why in our volume, we've uh, emphasized the storyline of Scripture. There's a, there's a story, there's a narrative, there's a salvation history that runs through the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, and uh, sometimes that storyline is, is kind of brought together and summarized in passages like Nehemiah chapter 9 or Acts chapter 7. Uh, but there's also... Um, the insight provided by how the Bible's structured, and again, the area of, of, of book order, and, and how the Bible books often are falling into uh, a number of 
sub sub collections or groupings. Now, now if the pe- if the person in the pew can begin to grasp some of that, then then that's a very helpful thing. It really confirms that the Bible is a unity. Um, the different Bible writers don't contradict each other. The Bible as a whole really makes sense and, and that can be very confirming of someone's faith and, and but also very enlightening uh, so that they really understand far more clearly oh this is what I should believe and this is how I should live that's great I, I really appreciate both of your insight they're really helpful comments I want to be mindful of of both of your time um and really appreciate uh, the time you've given us especially dr Goswell is up very early and in Australia this morning. Um, but before we wrap up, um, I'm wondering if you could uh, both share with our listeners uh, what we can look out for next, any writing projects that y- you both are working on. Well, I'm working on a major new commentary on John's Gospel for the Evangelical Exegetical Commentary Series with Lexham Press, uh, another hopefully capstone volume that culminates 30 years of studying John's gospel. And uh, Zach, if I may, I'd like to refer listeners who are interested in what I've written to uh, my website, biblicalfoundations.org, where they can can find a complete list of all my publications. But again, Zach, many thanks for doing this interview. We, We hope our listeners will be inspired to learn more about biblical theology and to put it uh, to use in their study of God's Word. Absolutely. And uh, from my viewpoint, uh, yes, I've been commissioned to write a commentary on the book of Daniel for Kriegel. And uh, if I can say this, like our present biblical theology, I I don't plan just to repeat what others have said and done. (laughs) I I don't like writing those kind of books. so uh, our biblical theology, yes, it's different in many ways. I'm hoping my commentary on Daniel will be different. Um, it's often viewed as a difficult Bible book, and indeed it's challenging. Um, it's taken me quite a number of years to really come to the point where I'm happy with the understanding that I have. I regularly teach it in classes, so it's a, it's an awfully important uh, Old Testament book, and, and I'm hoping my commentary on Daniel will make a contribution there. But thank you, Zach. Really appreciate the questions, the opportunity to uh, speak about. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And we'll definitely look out for um, your future work, uh, both of you. Uh, For now, though, congratulations on the new book. It's called Biblical Theology, uh, Canonical, Thematic, and Ethical Approach. It's out now with Crossway. Uh, And gentlemen, thank you again uh, for joining me today. Thank you, Zip. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time on New Books and Christian Studies.